in service of Stefan Ozic. everybody welcome back to another episode of the podcast it's a pleasure to be bringing you another insightful delectable and informative conversation on the note of delectable uh, we were today discussing with gut health and nutritionist uh, Jess Wharton and this was a very insightful conversation and she is a wealth of information and knowledge and not only the knowledge that she possesses but her philosophy and the way that she aligns and how she is navigating this terrain and herself as a specialist, how she navigates with her clients the best ways and best means to better improve your gut health, which in turn improves your better overall health. It was a very uh, deep discussion and we managed to go down some really interesting paths talking about gut health, what this actually means, first of all, talking about leaky gut and certain syndromes and diseases and debilitating illnesses that people uh, acquire. We discuss many things from her journey as to becoming and and being involved in uh, health and nutrition and the potential near fatal experience that she went through. We go into the weeds of this and how it is that she was resilient enough and persevered enough to get through that. And it was a very yeah, telling story, not only for her journey, but with the system in which health and wellness, quote unquote, is pervade. So this conversation happened to come from a very uh, gentle place. We had the opportunity to discuss many many facets of food and diet and health and it also went down a very uh, unsuspected path talking from the idea of intuition and spirit so I won't bore you too much longer Uh, this conversation can speak enough for itself Uh, just on a quick word on the sponsors it is brought to you today this episode by my holistic health practice and offering so well that's s-o-w-e-l-l where i'm offering health coaching and private yoga and public yoga classes and this is something that i've been working uh, feverently on and it's starting to come all together now but for now these are some offerings that I can give and you can find more via Instagram and via the website sowellness.net. That's sowellness.net if you are at all interested. Anyway, thanks for tuning in and I really hope this conversation brings you some deep insight and you can take and utilize the skills and tools that Jess supplies. Thank you all. Enjoy. That's what we do. Yeah, I thought that was damn. That it's that pretty just summed. Eh? Pe- people uh, do that. Like Brooks, like you're so you're like a magician. She'll she'll go like, Mum, oh, I'm so tired. I have a bit of a headache. I'm like, you need to go make some Vegemite toast with a bit of butter, or like I'll give a specific, <laughs> you know, thing, and she'll be like eating and going, Oh my god, I'm feeling. This is what I wanted. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. It's like yeah, I mean that's what we do. So is that like a 
that's an intuitive thing through your process of your path. I'm imagining that's kind of you've you've bolstered up all this knowledge, all this wisdom, and then it's formed out in that intuitive. Yeah, it's a bit of intuition, but it's also like biochemistry and science. Like we understand what will be lacking Mm. and and then what that is in food and then can kind of translate that into like what a meal would look like Mm. for that depleted person at that Mm. given time. People that have cravings or people that have been doing anything or people that are going through anything, we're like, probably you need this, this and this nutrient, vitamin, mineral, whatever that would look like this yeah. meal. Yeah. And then when people mm. get exactly that meal, you, you see it on their faces all the time, like, oh, this is just what I needed right yeah. here, right now. Yeah. It's an insane ability. And then I think it takes it to another level when you get to the point where you are so tuned in you in the individual level and you can yes. do it. I'd like to say personally I'm getting there, but I'm... I'm I'm not fully there, but I'd like to say I'm getting there. But it's taken me years to be able I'm to get to that point. I'm still only getting there. I I'm not even there. Yeah. I don't think any of us ever get there. Yeah, that's true. It's always just a journey, mm, right? That's good. Good little food for thought. Excuse the pun. Mm. Well, we are underway. Um, firstly, thanks so much, Jess, for taking the time for this interview, this podcast. And um, we, I, I became acquainted with you through Annalise, our... Uh, discussion would have been last year um, and she mentioned you this was before I'd met you and she mentioned you and your story very briefly and I was kind of like in my head like wow like that's like that's phenomenal and um, I think just starting off with that will just really canvas you and your mission and how it is that you are on the mission you're on because I think there's no mistake from what you had to go through I just don't believe that it is a mistake and what it is that you went through was quite it's heinous and hard. Yeah, for and sure. Morbid almost mm. for for one to go through that. And I've heard stories of similar similarities, and it's just because because you're hearing it from someone else's perspective and hearing it from the perspective outside of yourself, you can't imagine. Yet here you are, and you've gone through that. So I think starting off with just that story alone, I'd like a little more about you know your background and etc. Obviously, but I think starting off just with that story um how it happened and how it perpetuated into where you are now just to kind of canvas just a little bit of me about how i got into nutrition in and a way. in a way but more so just specifically the story of my story going through, going through that yeah. gi issue and so i have a lot of my stories started very young but um Mainly with my gut, uh, my gut started to play up around my mid-twenties and then I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at 27 and um, went through a world of no answers and pain and eventually, long story short, got to the point where I was hospitalised having upward of about 30 bowel movements consistent, consisting of just blood throughout um, any given day. And that's maintained for about 10 days while they had me on IV steroids. And it got to the point where they were uh, said it, it wasn't working and they were gonna needed to remove my bowel before it burst and killed me basically. 
And I insisted in that moment that if I changed my lifestyle, my diet, the food that was going in through my stomach, that it would make a difference to my body. And it wasn't accepted as possible from the medical model. And I, you know, I don't recommend people, you know, don't always take medical advice, obviously, if you're in an emergency situation like that. But there was just something in me that said, no, I know that I can fix my gut. I know that I can have a healthy gut. And so I turned down the operation and was made to sign a sort of a, a form that would allow them to be not reliable mm. or responsible if I mm. did die that night or the next day or it was that serious it was that severe they they were so so we I mean I wasn't silly about it I got a the hotel right next to the hospital because if my bowels did burst uh you know I wanted to be in an emergency surgery I was risking that um but as soon as I left and went straight to the hotel and by this point I was very weak um and very anemic and just I hadn't been absorbing nutrients for so long. Anemic um, being that's low, low iron, iron, right? So you'd yeah. be Because I was losing completely pale, pale white. Yes. My heart Light, was lightheaded, I imagine. Oh I couldn't, couldn't well, I was being like well. carried by my dad, my sister. I think was sort of like walking me out. I was needing to be walked assisted because I was that weak. And uh, they, they got me into the bed and we got into the bed and I was just ordering, basically. I was lucky enough to have my sister who took time off university at the time and she stayed with me um, while my children went back home with, with their father. And um, I stayed there for a few days. And in those two, three days that I stayed there, I said, I need broth. I need, this is what I need. I need nutrients to start healing my gut and in the in the way of um, I was having a lot of like power fritters and bone broths and just essentially that that was what I was living on and um, within a couple of days it was with within like three days my bowel movements went from 30 every 15 to 30 minutes I was losing blood in the toilet and it went down to about four times a day within three days. And then within a week, it went down to two times a day. And I was still bleeding, but within two weeks, my bloods had gone back into the normal range. So don't want to get too specific, but like people are probably very curious because we all have that part of our mind. But like passing blood, mm. is that like the equivalent of like diarrhea, but it's blood? Yeah, exactly. Because there was just so much blood, wow. like the 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 uh, colon was just had had such severe ulceration that it was bleeding. It was like a big sore. If you have a big sore up your open arm, sore. open sores. Just imagine a bunch of open sores up your arm that are not ever healing, and it was just it was just blood coming out. So it wasn't even bowel movement because I wasn't eating. And I remember at the time they were had the dietitian coming in for me and saying, you know, the dietitian at the doctor's at the had, hospital, yeah, yeah, the hospital was getting the dietitian into yeah. me and going, you know, you need to be drinking this drink, and it was some, um, 
it was a it was a food supplement kind of drink, but the main ingredient was sugar, and then it was dairy, and then it was and then it was a bunch of vitamins and minerals and things. And I was like, this is this is making me feel worse. Like I did, I tried it. I had one one sort of bottle of it, and I was straight to the toilet again. I was like, this is not helping. Dairy's not helping me. Sugar's not helping me. No, you're not allergic to dairy. No, this is the best thing for you. I'm like, no, I won't. At what point, how many days in was that when the dietitian came in? They almost try to intervene, or was it yeah, every day persistent? E- every day, yeah. they they were persistent on me eating. So I, you, I got my dad. It was the, the hospital room as well. It, it's such a stressful place being mm. in a hospital. You know, it's full of sadness, sickness, um, really low energy, and you can you can feel it. People are sad, people are down, people are stressed. And while I didn't have the depth of knowledge I have now around the importance of mindfulness and stress and and things like that and how that impacts on the nervous system and the immune system I just knew I needed a more uplifting environment Mm -hmm. to be in and so anyway my dad would come and he would bring um, soups and plants and we had like a yeah a real it was a real nice spot to be in Um, but yeah, it was it was just something in me. I just knew I needed nourishment. Mm. Yeah, I needed nourishment, not not the um, milk that they were trying to feed me. Yeah, just kind of <laughs> piggybacking off what you said about the hospital. I think there's something even in that. Again, the intuition, which I another thing I want to go back to, but the hospital and how sterile it is because it's an environment that is void of bacteria, void of virus, void mm. of all the multi, um, orga- uh, multicellular orga- organisms, all the cellular little microbiome, or just bacteria, but there's, there's, there's nothing of that because it's a hospital, you don't mm. want to get infected. So ironically, there's something so says so much to that, that when you're in that environment and how that makes you feel, I think it how it makes anyone feel that's listening when they're in a hospital. There's this sort of sullen nature to yeah. being in there. You're kind of isolated. You're cut off from society. Yeah. It's it's all white, but it's, yeah. but it's kind of grey. So yeah. It's, not, it's like a, it's like a dull white. And how much is said to that? And then as soon as you add plants, was that what you said? Your dad yeah. brought in plants and just brought in some more diversity, and that kind yeah. of changed the whole aura of the room. I know it was. Re- we were really weird. We had, um, we had like, well, we're not weird, just different. Because yeah. we'd get like, yeah, I had plants. I had you know beautiful crystals and stones. And I had music going, and I was like, if I'm stuck here, on you know uh, a, you know medicines and it was getting me sicker and sicker i was just getting sicker and sicker i was swelling up like from going to the hotel yes yes yeah during that hospital visit yeah um and nothing they were doing was working Mm. you know coming in every day with the ice cream and the jelly well, in the, in the tray, right? On the tray. Oh, and I'm Jesus. like, how am I going to get better with this? With this food. With this food. food like with food. this food. This food. I need food. Because every because it was a gut issue too, I was malnourished. Such a 
so severely malnourished, you know, my heart was starting to be irregular. Um, I was, I was on death's door. Like I was like, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> I was so close to it. And it was such a scary time for me and for my family. Um, but yeah, there was just something in me. I'm like, I'm 28 or whatever. I think I was 28, yeah. 29. And I was, I was like, I'm, I'm too young to have a bag for the rest of my life yeah. now, you know, like, and so, I appreciate that those bags do save lives for yes. people and that maybe I should have done it. <laughs> like, you know, like um, it was a huge risk. So mm. like people... Like I say, if you're out there and you're listening and you're in the exact situation, please don't take this as medical advice. Of course. Because I was very lucky, but I it's not like I walked out that door and, you know, went and ate a Big Mac or tried to nourish myself that way. I knew what path I had to go down and and I had to go down that really strictly. Yeah, that's kind of what I that was kind of the thing I wanted to talk about just prior to the hospital comment. Um, is that piece where you had the intuition to fix yourself not by the medical intervention which as you just disclosed that this isn't medical advice but this is your story this was your reality but having to have that moment of like nah like ref almost refusing the doctor's comments that you have to have the surgery it's like nah like I'm mm. curious about where the heck that comes from because already you as you said verbatim that you're on death's door and then yet you still had this fire in you, this awareness, this almost stubbornness for lack of a better Maybe word. Maybe that was it. Which is great, which <laughs> I think I we all need. Stubborn. We all need, but like well, how, how did you, how were you aware that it was a nutritional deficiency? How did you know that you needed a proper food and how did you know that bone broth was going to be what would fulfill that nutrient deficiency? Um, instinct. What does that mean? I don't. What does that even mean? Like yeah. instinct. Like I just, I can, all I can describe is if you, you know, I mean, a lot of people will know the feeling of being ultra, ultra, like hungover, yeah. and you wake up in the morning, and you're just like, I need water, <laughs> you know, I'm dehydrated. Mm. Like you just feel like you know, or I need some. Oh, let's go get some macas or some some greasy food. Yeah, like you, yeah. you, you have an urge or a knowing or an instinct. It's that instinct that was just like, and then I did a bit of reading. The internet was quite limited at that time. It wasn't really as big as what it is now. Populated. Populated. Like we didn't have it in our hands. It was, we had to be behind a computer. So um, when I got behind a computer, I found a, a book and I learned about the specific carbohydrate diet, which was specific to Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, which is what which was what I was diagnosed is, with. Is Crohn's disease and ulcer colitis, colitis. They, the same? No, different. They're different. They're both inflammatory bowel disease. Yeah. So not IBS, IBD, uh, but they affect different areas. So Crohn's disease can affect um, the entire gastro system from the mouth through to the anus, but it typically affects the small intestine area. Mm whereas colitis affects the large intestine, which wow. is why there's so much of those symptoms of okay. um, blood and diarrhea, because it's directly in that large intestine. Mm. Crohn's is inflammatory and ulcerative colitis is like it sounds, it forms ulcers throughout the lining mm. of the colon. Mm. 
So yeah, so that's so specific carbohydrate diet was designed by a woman whose um, daughter developed ulcerative colitis very, very young, became very, very sick. And her name was Elaine Gottschall. And um, she was a chemist, I think, at the time, and then spent years and years of research and developed this specific carbohydrate diet, which saw many, many people going into remissions. And now there's just countless studies on the specific mm. carbohydrate diet um, in that when using medication alone, um, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's can um, have about sort of 50%-ish chance of going into remission, whereas with the diet applied to it, it's nearly 100% remission. Wow. So it's pretty incredible. And to this day, I just use nothing. So well, I do actually use something. I use CBD. I use yeah, CBD yeah. now. Certain um, um, exogenous interventions yeah. that are obviously from whole food sources. Yeah, food. Fundamentally. Yeah, nutrients yes, and things yes. like that. So. so, essentially, it was instinct. Yes, essentially. I that's mean, I don't amazing. know what else to say. Like, that's, it's, that's that's exactly what it what it was. It's just like I think I'm, that analogy, I, I'm hungry for it. I'm hungry yeah. for broth. I remember my dad because we grew up in a in the far north in a little mm. country town and with not a lot of money and we we lived on that food on the organs and the mm. broths and the bones and just whatever my parents could kind of scrape together which was fundamentally good food mm. because it was the whole animal always and so that's how my dad knew to cook was just throw in all the bones and the organs and the everything into water with some salt and boil it up like a boil up you know and then there's your food and so when he brought that in which was something he would bring me in fruit and he'd bring me in different bits and pieces. And he brought me in this soup and I was just like, it was like I was wow. rehydrating again. I was like, oh my, this is what I need. Like every cell in my body, finally something went in and it absorbed. And, and when I felt that it was like life force. And, Amazing. you know, clinically I've heard this when I, I get everyone on that bone broth straight away and it's you know people like oh it feels like it feels like someone's hugging me from the inside or I finally feel like I'm getting food I feel full you know because when you're not absorbing nutrients you never truly feel full mm. you just feel worse if anything like you're you're heavy but you know you've had a lot of food it's weird yeah it's a weird it's a dichotomy because you've had so much food yet you're not satisfied and you feel bloated but you just don't feel hungry. Yeah, yeah. That's how why I find it's so easy to overeat. Is is that probably yeah, a big reason exactly. why it's easy on fast food because it's just so carbohydrate. Yeah. And poor fat density. <clears throat> it's fat dense but it's the bad fats mm. and that creates some sense of fulfillment but it's not actually satiating. Yep, so you need more and more and <laughs> yeah. more. It's a trap, isn't it? It is a trap and that's how I was feeling with the... um with the um, food that they were giving me in the hospital, I was mm. just like, I'm not absorbing this. Like, this is not getting me anywhere, you know? It's, it's amazing. I think, it, again, what I prefaced the start of this conversation with is like how your life was set up and it's like you're meant to be raised in that 
farm as you were yeah and have your father produce the food that was quote unquote maybe the scraps or just you're having to get by with as much food as you could with the little you had yeah and then from that there was that intuition the analogy with the uh, hangover i think that i think everyone listening can fully understand what you're saying i think right. that's real fascinating that you just had this intuition this instinct that you need actual nutrients in the bone broth that's going to be your nutrient supplementation so how many days exactly so from when you made that declaration to the doctor that nah basically fuck this yeah i'm not doing your way i'm going with my instinct and i'm gonna go book myself into the hotel next door from what point to the point you got out what was that timeline so when i got uh they booked me back in i think for two weeks time back to the hospital to see if i was still alive sort of thing um <laughs> so then what did the doctor say when he's like what the heck like how are you not dead pretty much like what what was his what was his reaction he was like well what did you do he was just very confused wow you know he's like well what did you do what did you eat what did he was just asking, I was like, well, it's this, it's this diet and it makes a difference in IBD. And Was he receptive to that? Yeah, or, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But I guess condi the, the conditioning, right? Because they're within that yeah. curriculum of Yeah, so he was a little bit receptive, but mm. yeah, they a little bit kind of like, oh, well, you're sorted then. We don't need to wow. really pay was attention. Was there like any like further studies or investigation upon your case? No. So that you they just, just left me. Took the box, closed the book out. Yeah. Discharged. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. You think that you'd be like shocking, a... eh? Yeah. And wow. it wasn't until I moved to Auckland um, some years later, about two, three years later, um, that the gastroenterology team picked me up and started to sort of check in on me. So now I have annual checks and wow. things like that now. But at that time. I didn't get really any support through the medical model. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I think it's good to preface, just mention it, but this isn't medical advice or this isn't from Not blows bagging the, them, no yeah, way. Nah, but this is just her reality. The fact yeah. is this is what her experience was and this is what happened and take it as you want, take it with a grain of salt, but this was her reality. This is literally what happened to her and there's nothing else you can really refute in what it is we're saying just 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 to kind of clarify that to everyone listening because i know what this world is like now we're so quick to judge and dissect any one fragment of one's comment and make that the you know you know mm. what i'm saying so i think i'm just kind of yeah i think it's really important to kind of reiterate that um, absolutely like i've had um multiple other medical events since then and they've saved my life there as well so it was just in that instance of of my gut like yeah. i just needed my gut to be inside me yeah <laughs> and wow. something i knew and it's just how quickly diet works too like how quickly you can be you know having that kind of level of diarrhea or just blood loss um, and then diarrhea or gut issues and how rapidly it turns around is just you I mean you know like literally day by day m minute by minute you can feel better and yeah. better and better and so you know it's mm. the gut is heals really fast like so that's cool I want to I want to go to that because that's really what it is that you specialize in however I want to also talk to 
the rebuilding. So you you get out, you're basically discharged. Mm. And where do you go from there? Like what's the what's the rebuilding process with this well, awareness? I mean, it's almost like you've like there's like a reincarnation. Like you're you went through this painless rite of passage. Yeah. And, it was tough because um a couple of months prior to, it was about four months prior to um, the really bad flare that I have and had and went into hospital, um, I had had a stroke. And prior so, to going, prior to going into hospital, and so that was another thing that really kicked off such a severe flare was because I was on so many medications, and so. I was still recovering from the stroke. Obviously, it took a long time. And so that's where where I was at. I, I was still not able to work. I was still not. So I was, and I had been told that I wouldn't be able to work. I had lost my vision. I had lost my, you know, ability for balance, my cognition, understanding, speech, all sorts of stuff was impaired when I went to hospital with my colitis. And... So then what happened after that, I kept my bowel, but I went home and things got really, really hard. It was hard in my marriage because we had three young children and I had basically spent six months along with this, from having my stroke. I was rehabilitating from that and then went into hospital again with ulcerative colitis and I was had to literally rebuild from that because I was bedridden. Um, and it was just a lot for the marriage. And so the marriage broke down and we separated and I had to leave and move to Auckland because I came from Taupo. And so, yeah, when I left, it was a total period of about, by about sort of three months after I got out of hospital with the colitis. And my within that time, my husband had left and I was left with these three little children and I still couldn't drive because I didn't have all my vision and I was still extremely weak and uh, couldn't look after them properly and you know literally I couldn't stay awake to look after them or didn't have the cognition or energy to even like put together wow. meals and things you know so I made the call and my mum and my family up here said, look, Jess, like, we, you need a, we need to get you up here. And so within about six months of being discharged from hospital, my bowel had improved. It was better, but I was still on a, on a recovery journey mm. and still learning about my gut, still hearing the voices of diet makes no difference to your gut. Diet makes no difference to your gut. And me going, this is not true. This is not right. Um, I had stopped my previous profession of hairdressing because I had lost my vision and I couldn't work anyway. And I just thought to myself, I'm going to learn. I'm going to go study. So I went and studied up in Auckland when I got here the following year, which was probably a year and a half too soon to start studying. And my neurologist <laughs> was not happy about it at all. Um, and it was difficult because I was raising three kids on my own as well. Um, but anyhow, I went and studied 
and I studied at Well Park College of Natural Therapy. So it's holistic mm. based nutrition. And as well as science, holistic and scientifically based. And I just, yeah, I learned more and more and more mm. and eventually graduated. It was a long time. It took, it was a journey to graduate I because. Because of the neurological yeah. rehabilitation, that in itself, and then having yes. to rehabilitate your gut because you need nutrients also to work efficiently neurologically and you're taking mm -hmm. in all this information, you're taking in all this new concepts of existing and yeah, and then that coupled together with raising three kids, it's it, what an overload. It was a real overload and halfway through, so I did first two years and then halfway I got to like first two years down and I just, I just burnt out and just, wow. I couldn't do it like I literally burnt out completely I was just buggered and I said to my neurologist I said it's like I feel like I've gone back in my recovery like I feel like I'm losing my balance again like I can't think I can't get words and he said you've you've ruined your recovery rest. like you were not rest. supposed to do that rest rest so I spent like he just said you shouldn't be doing it, and um, so another re another reason. <laughs> so I had a rest. What, what, what happened? <laughs> and then yeah. I went back and finished it anyway. <laughs> How long was so another what, two you, years? So you took that two. You I took two one years, year off. One year off, and that was you think that was rested. Amazing. I just, I just rested. Wow. Yeah, I was still exhausted when I went back, but I was like, if I don't go back, I lose everything that I've done. Oh wow. Because you so can't, you do have to start that again. Limit. You're still put almost yeah. on that red line. <laughs> yeah. And wow. then I got to the end and I was just shattered yeah. at the end. And I think we were all, yeah, I think we were all just shattered. Yeah. But throughout it all, my gut has been really relatively good. I think in the last 10 years, I've had maybe one or two bad flares. Yeah. And by bad, I mean, I mean, nothing like what put me into hospital. Bad as in, you know, a couple of days of loose bowel movements. But as soon as I think to myself, it's at the point now where I can go and I teach my clients this as well with inflammatory bowel disease. You can get to a point or possibly get to a point where you should be able to just listen to your body and go, OK, I need to rest before anything even happens. By rest, you mean rest from eating and rest physically yeah. and mentally? Both. Is that what you mean? Yeah, Fasting or, yeah, or, like, or just being just very... Just take it easy with what you're eating. Yes. Yeah, okay. just go back to the basics okay. like that bone broth and just not necessarily starving yourself, but, you know, if you've found yourself in a path of all of a sudden you're having, you know, maybe some chocolate at night and things yeah, like that, yeah. then maybe step back again and just go back to yeah. the foundations of what a healthy diet is. Mm. Yeah, mm. well, I think that <laughs> that really sets the canvas for kind of loading into you and your path and your mission. Because, um, again, I think what's so powerful with your teachings is that you're ma you've made your mess your message, which is something I've heard, and I think there's a lot of, are power in that because you've turned what it is that you experienced and encountered the trauma and the pain and you've flipped it and turned it into a potential a teaching uh resource for others and mm. now you are 
practicing just that. So what what exactly is it that you're doing in terms of your therapy and your practice now currently? Um, what do I do? I guess I just listen to people. I listen to their whole health history. I listen to their stories and then I find the best dietary approach, mix that with more and more, um, yeah, just trying to teach people to come in tune with their mm. own selves as well. Mm. And I listen, yeah, there's, so, science, yeah. there's science is important, it really is. And I know so much about how important science is and but 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 there's so much about innate human wisdom as well and i try to educate people how to find that within themselves mm. while educating them about what's right and wrong mm. to eat at any given time um yeah with a whole foods approach i suppose real food amazing. just eat real food amazing that doesn't so have an ingredients list so you're essentially a nutritionist but you're coming but also like a health coach, life coach, but then you're also incorporating this sage spiritual wisdom. <laughs> I guess so. Which I think, I think like, again, like I don't want to go back to knocking doctors, but that's really what doctors should be. Yeah. Is that I've spent, I've sacrificed and committed seven, eight, maybe 10 plus years of their life to yeah. this one path, but really you're only spending one module, which is probably about, a day if that on nutrition and nutrition mm. literally the nutrition the nutrients that we give to our cells which makes up our body is the bedrock of a human body yeah and and yet it's only only that little portion and then, yeah so i think that's kind of where i really where i really want to go with this conversation is exploring the gut health because correct me if i'm wrong that's really what you specialize in within your within yeah the, um the facility you work from yeah. key nutrition yeah. correct yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. at yeah. key nutrition we yeah. work um or i work at key nutrition um yeah so mostly i focus on gut health and everyone's gut health the reason why it's not right isn't always like that what i did with bone broth and and so on is not necessarily what everyone should do mm. you know so what do you mean by that like it won't work? Maybe not. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. everyone's reason why their gut is, um, you know, not not going as good as they would hope it would be is different. Like everyone's reason is different. Mm. So it could be, you're saying that it could be like environmental. It could, could be, be trauma. environmental. It could be trauma. It mm. could be emotional mm. as well. Like it crosses over. Yeah, and that's where a lot of IBS comes in okay. there's a lot of emotional stuff connected with wow. ibs um i've heard this idea uh sorry for interjecting yeah. i've heard this idea that some people that do experience and it really resonated when i heard it that do experience obesity that it gets to a point when they're working with the therapist and they're doing all the diet the movement the nutrition the sleep it's all dialed in yet when they go back even deeper deeper into the layers of the self of the person that it's actually uh physical shield which mm. is why by obesity from trauma mm. and like ideas of that and how that's literally the body's defense mechanism yeah it's cool eh uh, so uh, that's the sort of thing that i look into that mm. would be what i would sort of i don't know what you call it but would you classify it in like it? metaphysical type yeah. thoughts 
Um, but I think along those lines and whether I talk to people about it is whether or not I, they, I think that they're ready to, to talk course, about it or course. not. But otherwise I just implement it. So, and I, and for the people that are ready to hear it, a lot of gut issues are linked with like control type personalities, trying to hold, have control, not being able to let go, not being able to release um, or feeling like you're losing control when you're, you know, losing. So there's a lot of that, and I'm yet to have one client come through the clinic with a gut issue who doesn't have that real kind of like A-type controlling, mm. like have to be in control of their life personality. Mm. High stress, high anxiety, me included. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's my personality yeah. as well. And I've spent, and still spending years and... <laughs> And years working on like, let it go, let it go. You like, said it before, like we never arrive. And I think that's something that's beautiful, but also kind of daunting. But I think it's beautiful that it is. You're never going to arrive. But if you continually go on that journey, step by step, and yeah. don't get so focused on the outcome because like, yeah, you're going to keep getting ahead when really it's just process, process. Yeah, so, about the journey. Yeah. With, with gut health, it's it's broad broad term but like what what is exactly does that mean gut health gut health would be the optimum functioning of you know all things that go from your mouth right out the other end to your anus and then so that would be the the initial kind of like the the like immediate gut health gut health is how are your bowel movements do you get indigestion do you get you know reflux do you get diarrhea do you get pain do you get bloating like those are all the immediate that that is gut health and 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 a healthy gut is getting none of those symptoms being able to eat the foods that you want healthy foods that you want you know um, having a healthy bowel movement daily mm. about a foot of sort of fecal matter nice mm. tan mm. kind of dark to tan color uh, you know, good good girth around like, you know, how, how do I describe that? Your thumb to forefinger-ish, you know, you want a good Three girth, centimeter three diameter. Centimeter, like you want a good amount, good diameter, yeah, yeah, yeah. about about a foot of fecal matter mm. coming through day in, day out, mm. every day with no complications anywhere. Yeah. That's a good gut health. Okay. But then gut health is also, you know, do you get eczema? Do you get headaches? Do you, have you got hormonal problems? Do you have libido problems? Have you got um, liver problems? Like gut health is the health of the entire body. Do you have mental mm. health problems that are arising? Do you have, you know, everything. Gut health, gut is the root of all health conditions. So... If your gut health is not good, then there's a chance that something else is not good as well. Mm. So there's essentially a spectrum. There's a so spectrum. gut health being from like optimum function, probably the odd farts. Yes, yeah, yeah. So gas. Stools. I don't know who measured this one, but it's normal and healthy to be having around sort of a liter of gas pass. How did they measure that? I don't know, but that's about normal. And it shouldn't really smell. It should cool. be quite yes. like, yes. you know. I don't think mine ever smell. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, it should be quite like non-smelling. 
Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's good gut health. So it goes from, from that to, to... bloody stools to... To exactly. Or, 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 or even um, arthritis. Arthritis from before, but like that's... See, this, this is where it gets so... Everything. It's almost hard to grasp that you are what you eat. That's saying it's literally it. And yeah. then <laughs> the gut is like the epicenter of, of the of everything. Yeah, you are. You are what you eat. You know, like every people are surprised when I say, look, you get a whole new gut lining every three days. So that happens with all the cells in our bodies. And every seven years we have a whole new body. Mm. All the cells have changed. Mm. So we have an opportunity to renew our bodies constantly you know every day every day we have the opportunity yeah every single day and so when when it comes to what we're doing what i do in clinic i guess it's like i focus on gut health and then we see what's left now if you still have if your gut's going great and you still have other issues which a lot of them just fall away when the gut health gets sorted but if it doesn't then we're looking at other issues and of Mm. course the reason for other issues, genetics, you know, environment, mm. you know, all, maybe all sorts something of, I'm not aware of. Right? Yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what, what, what does that look like? So, someone comes to you and you have a consultation, and then, like, there's kind of two two ways I want to go about this. Like, there's also the idea of uh, willingness to change. I oh, think that's yes. that's that's probably the biggest thing that a lot of people. Um, aren't fully grasping that yeah they want to um do these things and start these new therapies and start that new gym membership and mm. new year new me and but then it comes down to changing and the willingness to change and when you see certain clients that that's something that they probably haven't confronted how do you sort of like direct that because you can't right yeah. because they've got to have it in themselves but i imagine you're facilitating that so is there is there like a method you use because I think that's the biggest thing that we all face is it's one thing to want to do something, but it's one thing to actually want to change yeah. and do to do that thing. Yeah, I mean, you can lead a horse to water, you know, but you can't make it drink. And you can be a good leader, and that's all that you can be is 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 lead with compassion and empathy and understanding. But if you get to the water and that person's not drinking, <laughs> then it's about um, I'll put a mirror up to them and and confront that with them and say, are you ready to? Do you want to? And then what happens if, if people still going, yes, 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 and then they don't see results still because they are not drinking. They're like almost self-sabotage kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, then I switched to working on just teaching people about self-love because essentially if we truly love ourselves, we won't do behaviors that sabotage ourselves. And so for some reason along the way, people have lost the belief that they're worth loving and that's where it stops them from going over the line. And I think that's the difference that I do in clinic potentially to other people. I don't know because I don't see anyone else. As much as I've asked my colleagues, can I come and see you just for, for interest's sake? Um, mm. I haven't yet done it, but I think that's the feedback I get anyway, is 
uh, yeah, I just, I want people to, I, I teach people to recognize how incredible they are. And as soon as they start to truly believe that they are and they stop changing that uh, and they start, sorry, to change that um, opinion of themselves that they have of, oh, I'm just sick. I'm sick. Like it's a repeat loop. And yes, they have probably been sick for a very long time, but it becomes a mantra that they're mm. telling themselves, I'm sick. Oh, I can't eat this. I don't eat this. I'm not well. I'm never going to get better. I'm like, it's on repeat. And so I start to work more on helping people to switch that mindset and then step them over the line to accept healing because we have to accept that healing I believe as much like we can do all the we can follow by the book the diet and the exercise and so on but if we're resisting it on a cellular level to be healthy beings so that that internal stress that internal subconscious stress is just gonna not go anywhere and it's going to keep those cells unhealthy so how does that look for the lay person coming through that they don't necessarily have are willing to change and they don't necessarily have or even people listening now but they don't necessarily have like really bad um medical issues mm. bodily issues but they they just know that there's they just need tweaks there's things that they just are just aware through instinct mm. of what that something needs to change and like how would you kind of address that person it's pretty broad strokes i understand yeah. but like is there any like go to like would it be like because i've i've become aware of like the elimination diet crowding out foods i've been aware of like you yeah. know going back to just drinking you know maybe drink eight glasses of the eight arbitrary number but i've heard eight glasses of water yeah. maybe go to sleep and wake up at the same time like is there have you got any kind of formula in that sense any prescription just because i think people listening they they're probably not obviously in your situation i hope not if you are go see a doctor yes please <laughs> um that well, the, the, relatively in good health and but they, they're probably aware upon listening to you like hmm yeah i do i do probably like have a bit of achy joints in the morning i mm. do feel bloated every now and then and yeah, I do notice certain things and I feel okay, but my energy does slump after midday. And mm. like, have you got any like basic, basics? Basics. <laughs> the basics are, fruits. yeah, just go back to listen to what feels good. Like our bodies are really good at giving us those cues really rapidly if a food is not serving us. And one of those key cues is f like fatigue or tiredness. So after each meal, if you are having your meal and then you're going, oh gosh, I need to, I just feel like brain fog. I feel tired, like almost instantly. Stop eating it for a while, mm -hmm. you know? Listen to the foods. Foods, ultimately after a meal, you should be lifted with energy. And if you're not lifted with energy, it's the wrong food for you or you've had way too much of a food. So that's pretty mm -hmm. basic, right? Yeah. Um, Stick with foods that don't have long ingredients lists. So it's that simple, really. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's... It's that simple. Stick with a food literally. that is food. So we look meat, like fruit with, you know, a banana, where the, where the list is just, the ingredient list is just banana, like, or, or, or um, meat, 
chicken. You know, you don't need, mm. yeah, Those. cheese, <laughs> butter. You know, basics. Really stick with the basics of food, vegetables, broccoli. It's like stick with one word ingredients, and um, yeah, and and then listen to your body. And if your digestion's really slow and you're suffering from constipation or something mild like you know just moderate constipation or something like that, or you get bloated because of constipation, then you know maybe try cooking more foods. Raw foods are quite hard to break down. So whereas if you you know like maybe if you're having a lot of yeah raw foods are quite hard to break down. So whenever mm. there's a gut issue, just subtly. Give your, give your gut a bit of a break for a couple of days by having some nice basic meals that are cooked quite well and uh, yeah, sort of stick with that. I'm not, I don't hate fruit. I'm not some, one of these people that are like, avoid all fruit at all times. Um, you know, if you're quite athletic, fruit is wonderful. Um, but however, if you're someone who's like gets, but maybe you're a female or, or you know, you get a lot of yeast infections or you have like, white coatings on your tongue or, or you you know um, crave a lot of sugar like and you're finding yourself wanting to eat like five or ten pieces of fruit in a day mm. then maybe you know avoid that a little bit um so yeah fruit fruit can be a little bit of a like and i always say to those people go to berries in that case because they're mm, so GI, right yeah go to berries like keep getting berries and yeah Lower GI, I mean, low glycemic glycemic, therefore your blood sugars sugars don't spike when ingesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but overall, vegetables that grow above ground, meat, eggs, Mm. fats. Yeah, just think, what would my caveman ancestor be doing? How would they be eating? Mm. It's Again, it's so intuitive and it comes back to the change piece uh, if you are willing to change what you're hearing is easy enough to be implemented that you're willing to go through that process because it is a process and then but then you also say that it takes like what three days for the stomach lining to yep each cellular layer yeah 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 so something i've found in my journey is um because I'm, I'm still on it, obviously, because I'm here, uh, is the process of change and the bodily change in that where I've, um, I guess for lack of a better term, gone through real food cravings and addictions and just had a quite, my relationship with food, I was growing up with a family of six siblings, and um, including me, and we had a lot of food. Thankfully, mum and dad were made the effort and we always had food at the table and I always ate a lot of food and... I've kind of only just now really started to address that I maybe shouldn't have need this huge plate of food to nourish myself and I've Mm. had to wire myself. But basically what I'm getting to is that through the process of this being very conscious with what it is I put on my plate and not getting so lackadaisical and Mm. having food that's just constantly um, full of mouth pleasure that how quickly my body composition changed and it gave me so much motivation and so much energy to be like wow so just with a little a little like a sliver of discipline and focus and willingness to change Mm. and directing that intentionally and what i eat that how much that changed my outcomes Mm. yeah and that kind of gives me so much uh faith that you know if you are listening and you are in that kind of negative space of yeah, I can't be changed. I'm just sick and 
I'm depressed and anxious. Like, yeah, there is probably other neurological components and emotional and epigenetic factors, but really, if you are wanting to change and just changing that diet and being patient with it, being patient with yourself and trusting. And if you gorge, just let it go. Next meal, let it go. Yeah, you've got yeah. the next meal to worry about now. You can yeah. start again. Every yeah. moment you can start again. And it just kind of yeah. leads me in a real I'm optimistic, you know? I wouldn't say naive, but optimistic. Yeah, it's good. Think, yeah. Yeah, it's good to be optimistic. I agree yeah. with everything you've said, you know, mm. like, yeah, people, yeah, you've got to have, there's, there is a certain degree of self-discipline that's involved. Like, you, there has to be yeah. a point where, you know, it just sucks being an adult sometimes. Mm. It really does, because when we're, when we're kids, it's great because you got your parents, although we hate it, we got our parents saying, do this, do this, and they kind of, tell you what to be doing and mm. and by doing so they're keeping you well and healthy and trucking along nicely mm. but then all of a sudden you're the adult that has to tell yourself what to do and it sucks and sometimes you just don't want to do it you mm. know but that's when you got to kind of find that self-discipline and that's yeah that's self-discipline and that's something you know that I go okay cool okay let's find that but how do people find self-discipline and that's yes. where I go back to I think self-discipline is found when you have self-love because our parents discipline us because they love us and hopefully I mean that's you know the hope right and if we love ourselves enough we will be disciplined enough to treat ourselves well so yeah that's where you you need to find that and that's what i try and teach people love mm. yeah mm. i think it's 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 got so much gravity this and it's almost goes against what you'd expect to hear from a um nutritionist that specializes in gut health yeah a little bit you know? of a digression <laughs> It digresses because, great, but only though. because the gut is this is, is is an emotional thing. The gut is like it has feelings, you know. We feel things with our gut, so it's an emotional sort of part of our body, and it's so interlinked. I've just seen it. Like I, I went first couple of years of practice, all in there with the science, and like the science says this, and the research says that, and it does say this, and it does say that, and that's cool. And I do follow those. But those are the people who, I'm seeing these people in these first couple of years that have seen multiple other people before and seen no results. They've done the diets, they've done everything, they've followed everything, they've taken the supplements, but they're not seeing results. The results in the last couple of years I've been practicing when I've started putting this final bit in, the emotional mm -hmm. component of of like I say, that metaphysical kind of like letting go, accepting, self-love, all of these things are so important in combination with obviously science mm. and what the right diet is for you. I mean, you can self-love yourself as much as you like. And if you're going to eat pizza every day, you're still not, you know, I mean, you're not going to do mm. good. So it's got to be combination. But, um, mm. but yeah. that was, yeah. that's the, that's the bit where I, my clients went from, you know, being sub, you know, being optimal, being better, like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling better, but I still get, you know, this every now and again. And still living with the fear of, oh, I'm afraid of this food, I'm afraid of that food, to, 
I'm better and having that knowing of finally I'm better. That and instinct. that is the win when you have people who have been through, you know, doctors and dietitians and, you know, countless other places that have been conventionally treating them. Yes, with, you know, by conventional, I also mean conventionally with diet, like this is the right diet for you, go to bed at the right time, do all of this. But the emotional or psychological aspect of gut health is huge. And when you can pull it together, it really makes changes in people's guts. So, yeah. yeah. The gut, the gut, it's, so the gut, there's a um, magical universe in there called the microbiome. Yeah. I became acquainted with this idea. Well, it's not an idea, fact of the microbiome. And uh, it's just cha- honestly just learning about the microbiome alone has changed my whole perspective on in the world in general. It was through mm-hmm. this amazing doctor, Dr. Zach Bush, and he completely opened up my mind to this whole other idea. And it's really what it is that you're traversing and what you're saying the metaphysical and the scientific, I think. When you marry them both, I, th- which I think how it should be, because yeah. it's it's holistic, yeah. and that's what Zach Bush conveys and through his philosophies and his teachings and the idea of the microbiome, and uh, you specialize in the gut health. So, what can you kind of talk about the microbiome? What is it? What actually is it? Because it's it's, yeah. it's like a universe in your stomach. It really is. Right. Well, we ha- yeah. I mean, there's more bacteria cells than we have human cells within us so we there are more bacteria cells than there are human cells in you so what so just think about that for a minute that's we're more we are more them than we are us which is quite out there and so there are trillions of bacteria, viruses, fungi, parasites, yeast, you know, etc. that maybe other things that, that reside in us that are only really just been the tip of the iceberg of it is just being discovered now really and, and, and dug into scientifically. Um, but essentially the microbiome is a collection of what I just mentioned, bugs, yeast, bacteria, fungi, etc., um, that live inside of our gastrointestinal intestinal system from like our mouth, like I say, right through to our anus. And the composition of those different bacteria dictate how we think, mm-hmm. how we feel, how we digest food. They dictate everything, really. They dictate the food. I, I say to people when I get people in clinic all the time who come at me with this kind of sentence, I'm so bad, I always crave, um, you know, white bread. I always crave toast. I always crave X, Y, Z. I'm so bad. It's always prefaced with I'm so bad. I always eat this. And when I explain to them, actually, it's not you calling out for that. Mm -hmm. There's a collection of bugs in your gut that are communicating with your brain and telling your brain to think, go and get that pizza, toast, donut, ice cream, whatever. That's how the transaction is happening. And when we change those bugs, those thoughts change. And 
they also change you know they 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 dictate what we crave and and so when we manipulate and alter the microbiome we can change what we're craving in our diet ultimately to start craving more real foods greens and and things like that we start getting a real taste for healthy food we want more and more of that and we become healthier and healthier so bacteria virus fungi and other ecosystem that's basically working together and as in that harmony that is the manifestation of your body's homeostasis being in the state of homeostasis pretty pretty much yeah so essentially pretty much really the microbiome being in that equilibrium state of equilibrium which i imagine must be and pop like so hard to achieve in this day and age but striving for that is really kind of what the goal should be in a way and that's, that's what kind the goal of is yeah. yeah we want them to be as happy as we can and um we know they like plants um we know they don't really like much sugars like refined sugars mm. <clears throat> we know that fruit fruit whole fruits with the fibers don't it's within the matrix yeah, right versus yeah they don't impact juice. the microbiome yes. negatively like uh, processed sugar does um but just whole foods are what the microbiome really loves and the microbiome also really loves interaction with nature mm. so we get a much healthier microbiome when we are connecting with animals when we are walking through bushes just kicking up the dirt and inhaling yeah. and like swallowing you know, mud, like <laughs> essentially being connected with nature alters the microbiome. And, and we see that in um, the guts of, you know, the Western world has a much smaller diversity of bacteria than what they do in sort of more traditional cultures. Our Western microbiome, by and large, is very narrow. We don't have many species, and ultimately we are sick because so, of it. So that, that being certain foods, just for those listening, it's like, for example, like yogurt, lactobacillus, uh, acidif acidophilus, that, that, yeah. that are examples of some bacteria. That's some that bacteria, Pro, yeah. Probiotics, right? Probiotics. So Yes. pro to be creating different biology different bacteria within the gut hence the pro and then yeah. pre being the food that, for the bacteria yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah nice I could just just it. really trying to dissect it yeah. because I, I i kind of yeah i got a bit confused when i really got to the granular focus of that and i think that's really it that so pre being the fiber and then pro being obviously the yogurts, not necessarily yogurts, but the fermented foods fermented that have all the yeah. like kimchi and sauerkraut yeah. and yeah, fascinating. Yeah. It's it just like it's it, so you can't cool, eat. Eh? <laughs> yeah, and it's not just the food yeah. that we eat. Like I say, the bacteria yeah. in those foods. We also this is why our microbiomes are so narrow is because we have kind of um, sterilized ourselves. Yeah, like a trying to make every room and environment like a hospital, and we've removed ourselves from nature so far and we're just getting it from from yogurt and like one form of mm. fermented food and we see it in microbiome mappings where there's like 
you know, a massive amount. You talk about lactobacillus. And so lactobacillus and a lot of microbiome mappings is just like through the roof and gross and balanced. Monocultures. Yeah, it's monoculturing, which is not healthy. I mean, we look at that in just plants in general, like to be put, you know, amongst all sorts of stuff. So it's not just food that creates our microbiome. It is like exposure to pets, exposure to other humans, hugging, touching, you know, kissing, exposure to other humans, exposure to animals, exposure to plants, exposure to as much you as you can get exposure to the ocean. Um, we inhale, we breathe in, we and that starts forming that microbiome. You know, so the more we expose, the more diversity we can get, and the more we can then feed those um, bugs, which is with the um, you know fibers and things, which is what feeds the, fi- the the bugs, the the healthier we are, which is pretty cool. So it's not just food; it's not as simple mm. as just taking. This is why I'm not keen really on giving out probiotics, like taking a probiotic, because uh, a probiotic is like one. I mean, sometimes there's there's always room for them, but in general, speaking generally. Unless you've had a mass course of antibiotics and wiped everything yeah, I out. Talk about that. Yeah. So probiotics are good in that case. Yeah. You know, like replenish it, put put them back. But if you're trying to rebuild your ecosystem, throwing more bacteria in there in a probiotic pill is not gonna do you much good in my experience. Mm. You gotta strip it all back and then start from scratch. And by default, when you start eating fiber-rich foods, bugs will start, the the good bugs and the diversity of bugs will start growing. Mm. Mm. I've I've heard about um, antibiotics that when you have one course of antibiotics in a year, that your likelihood of um, encountering uh, depression is about 20%. And then if you have a second course within that same year, it goes up to nearly 50%. Fascinating. And... I think this speaks so much to what you're saying because antibiotic is exactly in its name. It's anti-bacteria. So obviously antibiotics are so potent when you have an infection or some acute infection especially and they knock out the bad bacteria that is manifesting that infection. However, the caveat is it also takes out the good bacteria. Yeah. And this ties in again to my next question about serotonin and that how your body produces serotonin. Most of it, about 80% of it, is produced in the gut, which then in turn is the microbiome. So there's like this whole harmonious trade-off that it goes back to what we said about the homeostasis, that it really is, your body needs to be in this state of having this constant relationship and discourse with all these different bacteria and fungi. And in order to have that, you need to have certain foods, but as soon as you wipe that out, your organism manifesting as a human will then produce depression or anxiety. And mm. like how, in hmm, that, in that, Firstly, with the um, antibiotics, like what's a good protocol that for someone? Because those that are astute and are really wanting to pay attention, that you know, sometimes they need antibiotics. What what's a real good process and method of 
reintroducing all the bacteria back is kind of like a to bolst, boost you back up mm. kind of because because you, you're gonna have to get back to a baseline again because you've really like you've emptied the garden emptied the gut yeah emptied the garden yeah yeah, yeah you're yeah. starting out fresh again basically yeah. and sometimes when people are really unwell and they've like loaded with SIBO in particular like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth when the too much of the bugs from the large intestine you know make their way up into the small intestine which causes all the pain and bloating um, you know sometimes antibiotics is the treatment that we recommend for that to do just that to like weed out the garden and start fresh again and um, so then once you have started fresh again then you want to be laying down the foundations um, so basically putting in some good foundations so good gut lining nutrients so those are like your amino acids particularly glutamine is really incredible mm. but your amino acids which comes from bone broth and collagens which comes from bone broth so all of these things which come from bone broth is really or even meat broth if you're more of a someone who gets a lot of histamine issues you might want to just do a quick meat broth and quickly boil down meats and water um, rather than do the long 24-hour broth but yeah the building blocks amino acids you want to have good vitamin d levels you want to have good zinc levels making sure zinc is very you know in place um, fat soluble vitamins a is important e d um, and k they're all really important so you get that bone broth first build a nice bed and then within a couple of days once you've sort of nourished and you've got food there for the bugs that you're about to put in then take a course of probiotics because you've got to remember okay. that any probiotic you're taking or eating it's transient it's going in and it's coming out the other side it's not going to stay there it's coming in and it's leaving so it's the it's the it's the it's the beard that you want to create okay. it's the lining it's the gut health that you want to create and make as hospitable as mm. possible so that when bugs are coming through and doing their business before they leave the ones that are beneficial for us want to hang around and they want to multiply while they're there as much mm. as possible versus if you have you know not put that lining down after your antibiotics and you've just you know perhaps gone and just really feeling like some takeaways or some junk food or what have you you're driving up inflammation in that sort of raw gut area which is when the bugs come through going to cause a proliferation of not so friendly bugs again and then you're going to end up with more gut issues in a couple of weeks or months down the track so it's really crucial after an antibiotic course to um, fuel the gut. So bone broths, vitamin D, zinc, things like that. So your proteins, your eggs, your you know healthy fats. Put those in, do a course of a broad spectrum antibiotic, never just kind of one or two species. Find the most broadest strain that you can or spectrum that you can find and then repopulate, give it a boost, and then, you know, if your gut's going well, perhaps start incorporating some of the foods, mm. sauerkraut, yogurt, all those sorts of things. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm. So if um, if you're, like, plant-based, is, is it, would how, like, 
well, that's that's where I'm like intuitively, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, yeah, I just, I just, the way I think about it is, I'm not trying to make an argument here, it's, but it's just, if you're in the wild and you're trying to survive, you're not gonna rely on plants and leaves and to survive you're gonna want to kill an animal and yeah and you will kill an animal so so but that's that's that aside but those that are that way inclined like just sounds like you how are you gonna regenerate you supplement you're gonna have to supplement Yeah. So in that free process, form amino acids. So yeah. that's what I would put them on. So we do vegetable broths instead. Okay. So you'd cook up uh, mushrooms. Mushrooms are particularly healing. Um, so you do like a bunch of mushrooms. You know, carrots are full of vitamin A. So we do a really comprehensive like mm. vegetable broth. Lots of you know Himalayan salt for all the minerals. You'd make a really comprehensive broth, and then you would supplement with free form amino acids okay. on top of it to put those amino acids in there like okay. glutamine and proline and so the yeah. good thing about the amino acids my understanding would it be help to regenerate the stomach lining and produce yes. that gut wall to yes. then yeah. as you say set the base set the, the base. soil bed yes. yeah to prepare for the for the for the happy bugs, the yeah, sewing. for the germination wow. of the bugs, so that they can make yeah. us healthy. Now there might be a couple of people who go, no, but well, I can eat some legumes or beans or things after it to get my amino acids, and you can. But I would say eventually, the amount of people I see in clinic who are just bloating and gassy and just uncomfortable because of an excessive amount of legumes is just through the roof. And if you're suffering or if you've just had a course of antibiotics and you're going to throw in, um, you know, lots or enough of those legumes and things to be able to meet your protein needs, chances are your fiber intake is going to be through the roof because they are full of fiber. And when you don't have a good microbiome or no microbiome and you go throwing in a whole lot of food, like I was saying before, it, the the sort of more disruptive ones are stronger and they'll win the race and they'll feed on that quicker. Mm. Whereas bone broth doesn't necessarily feed the microbiome as much as fiber. It, it, it builds your gut lining and that's what you want to do first is get that gut lining healed up because after a course of antibiotics, you're going to be pretty, pretty raw in there. Mm. And, um, but yeah, so eventually I'm not anti legumes or beans or nuts or, or, or like I'm not anti any of that. And in time, that's a good thing to also be eating because okay. they are so abundant and it's so abundant in fiber. The, you know, um, lentils and all of these things are so abundant in fiber, which feeds the microbiome. So don't get me wrong, they're good, but it's just, where you're saying, you know, if you've just been on antibiotics or if you've been sick or if, you know, if you, again, if you take it back to in the wild, just think about how hard it is to get sort of a whole entire cup of lentils or split peas, how long it would take you to forage and break up a Mm. whole cup of split peas 
you just wouldn't have the energy to be doing that, let alone breaking it down. So chances are we probably didn't do that. Chances are we probably maybe saw some greens. We foraged greens, which is wonderful and beautiful for the microbiome early on. And maybe there was like a stray bird or something that we, <laughs> that we managed to catch and chuck on a fire. Like, or that maybe a bird had left an egg or something that we would have easily gotten. And if we had little energy because we are unwell, we would have gone for the easiest foods because we're animals. Mm. Not what, what's the hardest, like foraging, picking mm, split mm. peas all day just to make a patty. Like, you know, we wouldn't have done that. So, mm. and, and it works. I mean, I've just seen it clinically over and over again. It's very hard for me to get vegetarians or vegans' guts back on track without... Uh, supplements like they they need to be supplementing mm. yeah yeah well, it makes makes sense well I'm glad I'm glad I covered both because yeah again some people they have their way of eating and they are just plant-based that's their thing so essentially you said it that's great um it's something that I think uh just that understanding the microbiome and <laughs> really trying to understand it, it kind of leads you down this glorious path because it's just infinite oh yeah and I mean we don't I don't even like necessarily I mean I can go into detail about the little bit that I know but like I say there's trillions of bacteria and they all have their own job and they interact with one another and they're like science just doesn't even know not even the half of it yet so yes we know a little bit and what we do know is pretty amazing and we must feed them and we do know that they like those easy to digest foods if you're really mm. unwell mm. if you are fighting fit and you're well and you've got those beautiful bowel movements i was talking about earlier and there's no issues anywhere and you you know you're going great then you're going to be just fine having like lentils every you know day or so. I would recommend soaking them first and and prepping them properly, like you should, like breaking away all these sort of phytates and um, you know anti kind of nutrients that that you know protect protects every plant. Yeah, yeah, protects every plant. But um, you know, but if you don't and you have it, it's absolutely fine. But uh, yeah, gut health people you want to be having your bone broth ideally meats mm. eggs healthy fats mm. organ meats if you can as much as possible especially liver um, what's so um with on, on that with because i i supplement with um organ meats i don't i sometimes eat them cooked or raw seldom yeah but uh What's in terms of bio um, availability, freeze dried supplements yeah. versus like that's that's better than nothing. I yeah, imagine, I, right? I, I I imagine so. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Like I put people on a a combination all the time. I'm mm. on a combination because frankly, because of my own. I mean, and I recommend people eat liver, kidneys, brains, hearts, and things all the time. Because of my upbringing, which was largely on those foods, and we were made to eat them, <laughs> I have my own personal emotional traumas around it. <laughs> um, and so unless someone's made a really good pate, I do struggle with the old just 
fried up kidneys, you know what I mean? Um, thanks, Dad. But, um, but so I take a, a powdered sort of form uh, and what I have is uh, adrenal glands because I'm, uh, you know, you heard the beginning of my story, I'm still recovering. It takes a long time for adrenals to recover chronic stress. So my combo powder has adrenal glands, uh, gonads, hypothalamus from the brain, um, and pituitary glands. Whoa. So I have a, a powder of, of that stuff. So so the, I've, I've also, um, I read it I think in a study or maybe I listened to it in a podcast that your body's so intelligent that it's able to uptake the certain cells that you're giving it via food, molecularly, for example, organs, specifically liver, that those liver cells, your body processes it and your body's so intelligent that it'll uptake those liver cells that you are consuming to then direct it at your own liver or in your case, the perpetuatory glands, those cells, your body uptakes that and then it's going to go straight to the well, not straight. Well, this is there's, just there's, nature, right? Like that, that, this is the beauty of nature. Because you're right. Yeah. Theoretically, the liver needs, you know, good levels of, um, you know, vitamins and minerals to make its functioning every day, right? Like it filters all our blood every three minutes of every day. It's absolutely incredible, and so it needs B vitamins. It needs vitamin A, it needs, you know, high amounts of those nutrients and because it needs it, it does absorb it. And so if you're eating liver, it has that. So it does go straight there, you know what I mean? Um, but by default, nature does that for us mm. with every food, you know, like I was talking with someone the other day and I was just saying, I'm so excited about how all the feeders and things are starting to ripen and they said well i heard uh, feed gels were really really high in vitamin c and i was like yeah they are they're really high but nature doesn't do that by mistake vitamin c is for our immune system and the fruits that thrive over the winter are high in vitamin c we would naturally go there nature offers that already so and by default if we listen we would probably direct ourselves to you know what we need and so yeah uh, i mean it's 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 amazing so yeah hypothalamus will directly nourish your hypothalamus thyroid if you take thyroid it will support your thyroid gland with its nutrients it's amazing Imagine tendons and collagenous yeah exactly and that, that goes to your co your yeah, your yeah, tendons and things like cartilage and yeah yeah but nature's it's, just so beautiful and it's no mistake it's no it's mistake. no mistake it's no mistake at all and the more i got into like the science stuff of things the science and the research which i appreciate and i have to keep um you know i have to implement that within my practice Permanently, obviously, because there's the space for that. But the more I practice and the more knowledge I get on a scientific level, the more I realize I don't know much. Yeah. And that, in fact, nature actually has a lot of answers. And nature being the food that is around us, 
that comes from nature and both us being the animals that we are and the wisdom that we have within mm. us and learning to, yeah, I, I'm learning to, to, to guide my practice with that. Like, is this science knowledge that I'm about to share with this person, does it feel right? Mm. As much as, yeah, removing my ego almost of, I know this is right because yeah. I have a degree, you know what mm. I mean? Like, so listen to me and take this supplement or take this pill. I like to communicate in a way of like, would I, is this information that I'm about to um, give right for this person and touching base with that? And if it feels mm. right in my intuition, then I share that information. Mm. And if it doesn't, then I don't. And we have that same instinct, I think, with food as well. And I start to teach people when they get more in tune with themselves and what their body needs with their diet, you can just pause with your food for just a moment. Just a, It's like split seconds I'm talking here, I'm not talking about big, long meditations, but it's just a split second and pausing and just asking like, is this right for me? Mm. And you'll get a feeling. It's like those... Um, it's like the bone broth. It's like, do I need it? It's it's coming in tune with what your cravings mm. are. Mm. It's it's listening into it. It's amazing. Yeah, that's 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 fascinating because it something else that I think about is that when you see certain clients too, and how um, they're from different parts of the earth, and mm. yet they were born here or they came here at a young age, they immigrated here at a young age, and when you see these different, uh, the ethnic diverse, the ethnic diversity that you probably mm. uh, see and how that will tie into what it is they're able to eat. Like, for example, when you brought up about the lentils, like, when I was in India, um, mm. I was aware that a lot of the Indians, they eat a lot of lentils, and they like some of them seem to really thrive like generally yeah. speaking um yeah and and they eat at like 10 p.m 11 yeah. p.m before which which i i i was not into i struggle i can't yeah. eat a big meal especially lentils a heavy meal before going to bed and yeah. kind of it's something i kind of explored and just took notice of and how that will affect their and that ties into their outcomes so when you see certain patients, like how do you, or clients, how do you kind of bring that into the equation that like maybe look at, because they may not know where they're from, but how do you look at um, where they're from and what sort of food groups would have suited them the most? Like how, how is that process sort of implemented in your practice? Yeah, and it, and it is implemented because it has to be, obviously. And you're right, people from different cultures are capable of digesting things like more large portions of those lentils and legumes and things. That's because their microbiome has, you know, evolved to be able to digest those foods and, and ours potentially hasn't. And we, and we know we get our microbiomes from our parents, you know, initially they start there. That's the foundation unless you're a caesarean birth, um, then it's predominantly environmental. But what, do you, what do you mean by that, unless you're a caesarean birth? Well, because that's the beginning of our microbiome. That's where, like, overall, 
you know, babies and children are far healthier when they're vaginally delivered over cesarean birth because the establishment of wow. their immune system takes place going through the birth canal where they get their first, like, they're in, like wow. swallowing bacteria from, you know, the mother's body. And that's the beginning of the microbiome that will then flourish, whereas cesarean births are literally just being taken out. Mm. There's no... Um, so, so yeah, so, I mean, you've, you've wow. now, say, you've, you, you potentially have come from... Where did you say you travelled to? Was it India? Yeah. And, you know, they, 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 a lot of legumes and lentils and chickpeas and things have been a part of their diet for generation, generation, generation. And so mum has got this robust um, number of bacteria that are capable of breaking down those foods and it gets passed directly to baby who's capable and then you come over from, where have you come? New Zealand. And, <laughs> and you haven't been raised on lentils and mm. legumes and things like that and then you try and do it, it just won't work. Mm. So... Um, yeah, our environment, like I was saying before, it's not just the probiotics, it's not the bacteria, it's not just the, the yogurt, it's the, it's the yeah. environment. Yes. Everything from delivery mm. to whether you had a pet a, a, during childhood to whether mm. you were a farm child or a city child, um, your exposure to uh, antibiotics early on in life, medications, um, just, just so, so many. So... How do I practice differently? Obviously, I take in every person I see, I take a thorough health history, probably way too long because my consults go for a bit, it's just so long. Um, and I hear that. And if someone has told me, oh, my mom and my grandmom and, you know, we all ate this, well, then chances are we will get back to that space where they're eating that way again. It's just a glitch where ultimately, no matter what, it's no matter what, if your gut has just fallen off the rails and you're really suffering, you whether you're from India or from wherever, you're not going to be eating large quantities of lentils mm. initially, but you likely will get back yeah. there. Yeah, cool. I take it. I just take it by um, you know if someone. We we also have um, there's the genetic, so it's not just the microbiome, but there's the genetic component as well. And there's a gene called the Amy One gene that we have, and the Amy One gene dictates how many carbohydrates we're capable of metabolizing in a day and so depending on how many copies of this gene you have will depend on say the um, gram total of carbohydrates that you can consume in any day and it serve your body before it becomes sort of pro-inflammatory and starts causing so probably italians that's probably exactly why there you go so, so there you go so yeah so we wow. can test their gene and they have more copies of this gene and they can metabolize these carbohydrates a lot more you know they might have 23 copies of the gene whereas i might do the amy one in fact i did do the amy one i thought i did it so long ago i think i have five copies wow. of the Amy One gene and that really goes to show if I tried to eat pasta tonight I would probably be bleeding in the morning you know um, 
And so I don't eat it. But I'm fine with smaller portions, like quarter cup here and there of like your root vegetables and things like that. But um, really quickly, low people with, with this lower Amy one and then higher Firmicutes in there, which is a key kind of microbiome, um, key sort of bacteria in the, in the gut, this is where weight gain comes on. So when they've got this high Firmicutes, Firmicutes will extract more calories from food than what bacterioidetes will, which is the sort of more friendly bacteria groups that you want. They extract more bacteria, uh, more calories, one. And then if you've got low copy of Amy one, then you're not metabolizing your carbohydrates wow. either. And so your stores. insulin's just gonna be going through the roof, so the weight gain wow. and, and inflammation, and then disease follows wherever inflammation is standing long-term. Yeah. Yeah, wow, it's interesting. So I could di I digress anyway. I yeah. don't know how I got there. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to, but I think for time and for the audience, <laughs> that'd almost be like another. <laughs> it's a different one, James. That's that 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 because yeah. that's where I want to go on my because just to kind of um, cut the chase. I'm I'm on this journey myself, studying like nutrition. I started in April for um, Precure. So right. actually, previous previous podcast guest um, Grant Schofield, Professor Grant Schofield, and yeah, his whole approach is within the science too, but it's also at the cutting edge approach, but it's holistic. Yeah. And I'm real gutted that Wild Park isn't available anymore. But the point I'm making is that I would love to just go down <laughs> yeah. that hormonal pathway. Is there just just for those those curious minds that are like, ooh, like how what's what's a good way of testing that um hormone is there like a hormone panel where you Which can one? get a diagnosis? Well the for AB1? example, a, would you have to get specifically tested for that gene? Yes. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um the Where does one go to get gene to testing? Me? You can if you want. Uh, yeah, okay. you can come to me. We can cut. You can come to anyone. A uh, key nutrition. It's. I mean, genetics. I mean, like you say, this is another whole sort of side yeah. topic because this is like just as new as the microbiome. Where we're going, holy heck! Our genes aren't just something that's we're set with. Like we can manipulate our genes yeah. through epigenetics. The, yeah, is we the can. Term manipulate mm. you know the expression of these genes and, and it's getting awesome because now we can see all our genes and whether they're switched on or off or our predispositions to cardiovascular disease or you know all all sorts of stuff so we we, can, we do a full genetic panel we can offer that um, or we can do simple ones like individual ones for example like Amy one which is really can be quite helpful to absolutely sort of go okay well it literally will tell you how many carbohydrates you should consume in a day i've got the impression because i spoke with one of my pacific islander friends he's uh who i work with um physical boy um strong man and he used to be overweight but he's really worked on it and now he's at a pretty good size but he talked oh. about i got the impression that they've probably got low a Anyone because yeah. they, but obviously their f food introduction was through the, um, colonize. I don't want to say colonization because it's, but through that introduction yeah. of those new food groups that so high starchy, high yeah. carbohydrate foods, but that became the staple of their diet because yeah. that's all they had available. Yet, my intuition is saying that a 
ME1 is probably low for them because probably. their migration patterns, they just ended up on the islands when really they probably came from mainland yeah. where they had different food groups. Fish. And Fish, yeah. yeah. High fats. Yeah, yeah high fascinating. Fats. Yeah, it's that cool, just becomes eh? a whole nother... It is a whole nother topic. Whole nother and, topic. And, and I mean, yeah, I could keep digressing. Like yeah. you can upregulate your copy number as well through certain activities. You'll go back to your... Uh, number mm. but as we know we can change expression of all our genes yeah. so even if you have a low baseline amy one copy number you can upregulate it at certain times particularly through exercise so if you go and exercise your expression of your amy one is you know more mm. so you will tolerate carbohydrates better wow. say after a workout than what you would if you just watch TV and then had your pizza because your number's back at your, if you have a low number. So I imagine that's because your body is depleted of its glycogen stores and because carbohydrates uh, kind of convert to sugars that your body yeah. would want to have that uptake, that uptake because you've yeah. utilized it through the exertion. And so through the magic weights. of our body, yeah, it, wow. it makes more copies so that it can take in more. So that's why it's really good to have a you're better off to have a carbohydrate-dense meal after a highly physical Higher, yes. output um, or lifting weights versus yes. post because your body's in that state. Yeah. Sorry, pre, pre. because you're in that state of yeah. glycogen utilization. I'm just kind Did, of spitballing I mean, here. But, potentially, uh, uh, again, like sounds... it depends on like again, exercise is a broad term. Like of course. People say to me, you know, I need a load before I exercise and I say well, what are you doing and they say I, I go for a walk for 45 minutes and I'm like that's not counted you know what I mean like if you need to preload we're talking about people are doing marathons I mean you you just done an ultra 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 marathon didn't you you know like <laughs> um but there's different like if you're just doing an hour-long workout or so then you know, you probably mm. don't really need to be throwing in truck bags. But if you've had a really good workout, yeah, you need to be replacing your glycogen yeah. and you will uptake that far better than um, before. Yeah. But I would also say that if you are about to do a big workout to the degree that you require replacement, you probably do need glycogen or some sort, sort of something so a bit beforehand. Of a, preload as well. a bit of a preload, particularly for the people who are yeah. stressed. Yeah, I kind of like to go Not down that path and yeah. talk about my my journey per se when it comes to the fat um, adaptation. By the way, I don't want to take too much of your time, but yeah. it's definitely like I feel like this. I know it just flies, it just doesn't flies it? By. it? Just flies wow. by. It's it's yeah. These conversations, it's just like this like wormhole. Yeah, wormhole. <laughs> I was gonna say wormhole, or like a void, but like a glorious void, not a dark void. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, is through um, fat adaptation and I've heard different ideas about it but when you become fat adapted your body has a better capacity of utilizing the fat stores within the body that um, manifest generally as uh, its ketones uh, uh, butyrate um, yeah. hydroxy oh what, what is it hydroxybutyrate I think that's yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Hydroxybutyrate. We'll, my... we'll just throw butyrate yeah. out yeah. there. Butyrate. Yeah. 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 And um, in that process, your your body, because you have more fat stores and you do have carbohydrate stores, hence what we said just then about the replenishment that's required when you do a, a strenuous activity that your body is going to need a new uptake 
it yeah. can baseline naturally, but obviously the recovery can delay. But anyway, through that process of, of how for myself and how I'm able to go out for a two, three hour run and only have a bulletproof coffee that's just got MCT oil in it, butter or cream and blended with coffee. And that's wow. my fuel because my body's able to utilize. Yeah. So I'm curious, so like how from like a gut, gut health level like what what is what's what's going on there because i'm not giving my body nutrients per se but mm. somehow i'm able to go forth and do that because you're well task you're healthy huh. and potentially got good genes mm. right um anyone who if so 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 if you're if you're doing great if you're well if you're healthy then you're capable of doing that and you know do it um but if you are someone who does have gut issues, you get IBS and you still mm. want to be doing, say, the similar thing, mm. if if you don't have, um, you know, some kind of carbohydrate on store, essentially you are going to require some work from the adrenal glands and cortisol, stress hormone, to kind of get of you course. going, right? Because without, because that's how other energy is made as well. And it's a stress. And anytime we are stressed or expecting a lot from our muscles which is you know you're saying you're doing a big run or something if we're expecting something from our muscles our amino acids are going to be pulled away from our gut first sadly really sadly because the gut like we've explained is like the foundation of all health um, it's the first thing that gets forgotten about when it comes to nutrients in the body and when we move our body. So if we exercise, all our nutrients will go from our gut to deliver to our muscles. Mm. So if we've fasted and we don't have amino acid pull high enough or we're expecting to just run on adrenaline and ketones, we are going to be straining our guts. Um so for those people who do get IBS and so on, I, I would suggest if you are a big athlete that, you know, don't be afraid to have like a banana or something cool. before you go. Yeah, and I must say that I do do that when it's a more really strenuous, yeah. like a speed session or a track yeah, session. Good. I tend to have, I've, I've only just started to get to, because I was very like cut and dry that, nope, just, yeah. just my body's fats. But now I'm at the point where... I actually have a banana or I have something like, yeah, obviously don't have sugar per se in isolation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I have like a fruit yeah. of some sort and that's, that's, that's been... That's enough. And I've obviously worked towards adapting to this for like yes. two years. Like I must say also those listening, it's taken me years to get to yes. this point. I haven't just, oh, I'm going to just go for exercise. Yeah, and not yeah, have yeah. Any, it's obviously it's uncomfortable at moments, but you get through that and you yeah. somehow... But yeah, I th I think that that makes a lot of sense, and also with the when it comes to GI, I just <laughs> I don't want to talk about me too much, but I'm curious for my own sake, and I think there is athletes listening to this and people that are high performance individuals that, in in my process through my ultra marathon, the I didn't have any GI issues, which was great, but I was fighting like a horse. Mm -hmm. We talked about this at the yeah. beginning. So, uh, is it is it just because? loading so much there's so much calories going in and so it's much a lot of it can activity. be a, too many uh well no because you're using them but there's yeah. it's a lot of pressure on the gi track yeah. so it's not you're not having too many because you're using them all yeah 
but it's unrealistic expectation on your body as well. So okay. you are putting too many calories for what the body would usually, usually have. be having. So it's a lot yeah. more food. With that being said as well, you know, gas isn't just, um, uh, you know, like the food that we're eating. It, it happens when we swallow air as well. So if we're in a space where we're... <gasps> you know, like running really? potentially. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So I imagine there would have been times well, where you're like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like huffing or puffing or inhaling air, trying to catch your breath and things like that. That's a big part of the air that obviously has to then come out the other mm. side as well. So it would have been a combination of, and mm. then, and then if you're not someone who spends, you know, you, your microbiome hasn't acclimatized to, loads of like free sugars like that and you've thrown that down and that's but I, I wouldn't be surprised were you kind of did you get a bit of puff yeah, going yeah, on yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. so I, I wouldn't it was be surprised steady state but like definitely yes yeah so definitely. so a, a bit of it would have been yeah, e yeah. just ear swallowed yeah that's fascinating yeah <laughs> okay interesting now that's really cool to know uh just to kind of um close this off a bit uh you it's something I think we all deal with, and there's all these different theories, but it's kind of a kind of going lopsided here on a whole different <laughs> tactic. But diarrhea, like something yeah. that we deal with a lot, and I've read online that it's bland foods. So, like, what does that actually yeah. mean? And like, when you get diarrhea, because I think a lot of people do get diarrhea more than yeah. they'll probably admitting. More, yeah, yeah. Um, what's a real good method of just kind of trying to quell that? And because it's obviously you're losing water too, so you need a you don't want to keep drinking water because you're going to almost just start yeah. urinating out. Exactly. You're behind. So is there like a real kind of robust protocol for when someone does have diarrhea that they can like... Yep. Bone broth. <laughs> <laughs> like you've got to go it's back. To, like because that's where you've got to get your salt. Because one... Okay, the very first... First and foremost, when we're thinking about chronic diarrhea or vomiting or things like that, First and foremost, we've got to go electrolytes, salt. You know, if you're really sick and you go to hospital, what do they put in you? They saline. Like mm. it's so it's salt. Like that's essential. So salty broth where you've got amino acids that help nourish your gut is really, really, really great. Um, and it's super important. You can only really if you've got diarrhea, you want to be absorbing your nutrients. So an electrolyte drink like Element is super awesome or Relight is another one that's really good. Um, and you want to be having around sort of 30, sort of 15 to 30 mils of fluid every, this is inclusive of the broth, every kind of 30 minutes to hour. You do, it's like a sip. You don't overload your system when you've got diarrhea. This is if it's acute and like acute chronic diarrhea, like a bug or something. Um, and then you would be making sure that you had some kind of sugars as well because it depletes your, you know, unless you're fat adapted, which not many people are. So in general, you would be needing honey is a great one. It's also antimicrobial, antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral. So if there is something going through that you don't want, you know, honey lemon or you know a bit of juice fresh fresh juice just to take the tang off the water with honey is a beautiful sweetener 
coconut water for electrolytes, mm. just sip, just stay hydrated, bone broth. Now, if you have, you know, the chronic gut issues where you're constantly getting diarrhea and it's kind of sporadic, like I get diarrhea three, four times a week, I don't know why, there's something you're eating, something in your diet is not agreeing with you and we need to figure out what that is okay. for you individually because it's uh, different for everyone. Um, and then obviously if you are having diarrhea, obviously, you know, pointing out the red flags, if there ever is any blood or any mucus in that um, stool, it, you need to go and see a doctor and okay. get a check, get a, get a test done. Um, but essentially, yes, yeah, strip it right back and just make sure you're getting the electrolytes, sugar, amino acids. I've heard um, rice and apples. I know, the brat diet, yeah. hey, yeah, yeah, simple, plain. And to that's me, that's, it's a thing, yeah. yeah. So that's what's recommended. If you, uh, I guess, go to your doctor, it would be like, eat rice. and. But no, it's for the sugar. It's for the quick sugar because yeah, you're losing energy quick, right? Yeah. But honey, rice is also a complex carbohydrate mm. that fuels bad bacteria that's creates poor gut health overall. Which is then manifesting as a diarrhea. Uh, right, yeah. Okay. And so okay. whereas honey is also sugar and quick energy and, like I said, antimicro it, it fuels a healthy microbiome. So it'll give you that glycogen that you need without disrupting. Now, if you're really nauseous and sick and vomity and diarrhea, that's where I think the plain foods are good and that's where yeah, rice and things can help. Mm -hmm. And chances are, if that's the case and you're otherwise, you know, if you catch bug tomorrow, having some rice, if that's what you can stomach, is not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. It's going to be absolutely fine and you need that, you know, with some salty water or um, electrolytes. Um, but yeah, it's like it's, it's a difference of between is this something that's happening in a healthy person or is this something that's happening every week for you mm. and do you get diarrhea chronically? And if that's the case, eating rice chronically for your diarrhea is not going to fix your problem at all. We need to find why it's happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's great. not normal. It is not normal okay. to be having diarrhea yeah. constantly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, there you go, folks. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Close us off. Firstly, where can people find Jess Wharton's services? We are at um, we're in Auckland on the North Shore, New Zealand, um, in Wairau, and so through Key Nutrition. So Great. you can just look online at Key I'll, Nutrition. Chuck that in there. I'll supply all those links yeah. in the show notes, folks. Because yeah, you as you're probably listening, you probably want to see this woman. I actually now want to. Have a consult with you because I want to. Yeah, there's a few things I'm um, really want to get to the like, granular level, and yeah, I don't actually know why I haven't thought of. But hey, it's, cool. it's how it goes. <laughs> it's how it goes. Um, so yeah, that's that. And then secondly, just you, you have touched on it in the, throughout this conversation. I think in every <laughs> word you've uttered is where people like. What would be your your most um, resounding statement of? how someone can really go forth and take take the reins a bit more in their health, in their gut health. Where where can they really start to start creating that and, and moving forward towards that? What would be something you would say? Self love. Mm. <laughs> I 
know. It's like, how does that relate? But, you know, I've been talking about it the whole yeah. time. Like, you've got to have enough of I really love me. And it's not arrogant and you're not being arrogant in any way um, when you truly love yourself. That's where it begins. I love myself enough, just like you would for your child or your pet or your family member if they were unwell. You, you want to help them get better because you love them so much. So start there with, do I really love myself enough to want to do this? Yes. Okay, let's go to Whole Foods. Let's start getting back to basics. Amazing. Mm. Yeah. Well, I love you all <laughs> listening. Thank you so much, Jess. Thank yeah, you. I really appreciate this and I um I can't wait to share this. I'm gonna listen back to this and there's gonna be things that will blow my mind because I think, yeah, it's it's the simplicity in your approach, but then it is the way in which you are conveying what you just said, that self love. And you 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 can be the manifest and the creator in your life. Yeah, you can. Mm. You really can. We just, we lose faith in ourselves through traumas and, you know, just life. Life knocks us down. Life mm. can be hard and, and it can be, you know, and we can go through a few health struggles where it makes us get into a mindset of our bodies letting us down. And like I say, we get these mantras of I'm, I'm sick or I'm not worth it or I'm just going to get sick again anyway or you get stuck in this space. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of Louise Hay, so that's something I would encourage people to go and out and look for and read some of her work, Louise Hay, um, who was a nutritionist as well. And But, yeah, she started to really employ this, the importance of caring for yourself. So it really does start there. And, and, and in sports, I mean, yeah, right, right, we can do it with sports. You've got to have the motivation to get out and get it. So it's the same thing. You've got mm. to have the self-love. And, um, and then just think, where did I come from? What would have my ancestors been doing? How did they eat? And um, just get back to basics. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, and yeah, speak to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Much love. Hey, what is up? How did we go today? How was that conversation? Did you enjoy it? Did you get some takeaways? Did you take some notes? Was it a bit of an overload? Yeah, I'm curious. Listening back to it, I was yeah, I was amped with how Jess and I happened to discuss and navigate the infinite terrain of gut health and nutrition, as we know it. So Jess, firstly, thank you so much for giving me your time. It was a long conversation, as you probably all know, because you got through and you got up to this point. So I thank you for that and the patience. And yeah, if you want to learn more about Jess, as she mentioned, it's their keynutrition.com. I will supply all these links. And if you want to do some work with her, reach out to her, and she may have some availability in her schedule. So I can't speak for her, but no harm in asking, right? Uh, I'm very curious as to what you took away from it. If there's anything that really stood out to you and anything that was quite shocking for you and kind of forced you to look at your own paradigm and the way you're viewing health and your diet. Yeah, I'd love to know more about that. If you could let me know, tag me in a post, DM me, 
whatever means you find of communicating that'll be great uh, and just to finish up the conversation I'd love to uh, briefly mention a sponsor again my business so well where I am offering nutrition yoga and health coaching and this is something that I'm currently working on building and formulating and structuring so for now it is just a pretty basic uh, offering but what I'll be offering as a service is far from basic, giving you very um, very robust and practical guidelines to better improve your well-being and your health. And I am on this journey myself, so in a way, let's go on this together. So it's something that, yeah, I think is very important in this day and age. And for now, in this world we're living in with the constant onslaught of environmental toxins and toxins in our food and the chronic disease epidemic that we are all facing as a global population so yeah if you are at all interested check out my instagram or check out my website so wellness.net so for now i will love you and leave you thank you for tuning in to another conversation i've got some epic conversations coming up on the pipeline so i'm very excited to share them with you all in the meantime keep well stay healthy stay moving and go in service much love speak soon